Cougs house. All right. Our Houston Cougars are heading into the Big 12 in just a few weeks, and it feels like they've already got a rival within the conference. You are Locked On Cougs, your daily podcast on the Houston Cougars, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On Cougs, today the podcast all about your Houston Cougars. I'm your host, Houston-born teacher and coach, Parker Andrith, here to break down all things Cougs. If you're a U of H fan or just a hater came to step by, please be sure to subscribe down below. That way we get the latest on the Cougs into your newsfeed each and every day. We appreciate you making Locked On Cougs your first listen of the day. Welcome back to the YouTube channel because it is good to see you again uh, every day. We've been here every week or every day of the week. Talking about things Big 12, things Big 12 preseason, uh, all conference teams and stuff like that. And today we're going to talk some about a potential rival that I don't know if Houstonians or Cougars have put together that the Big 12 is kind of making for us. Now we're going to talk a lot about that in terms of football and a little bit in terms of basketball. And if after today's show you're like, I don't know if I want to comment on any of that. Remember, we are still giving away a hat, just like the one I've got on. It's this one right here with the Cougar paw locked on. Nike Dry Fit brand spanking new for someone. When we get to 1,250 subscribers, we're just over 1,200 as we speak. So when we get to 1,250, someone that's liking, commenting will get that hat. So be sure to like and comment down below. If you are too tired of talking about our rival and the Big 12 and football and a little bit of basketball, tell us and be descriptive. Where would a giraffe wear their tie? And I think my bigger question is, to change if it's a long necktie or a bow tie. All right, so today's episode, we're going to talk some at first about like how this rivalry is being formed uh, in the first segment. And then in the second segment, we'll talk some about like, if it's a worthy rivalry. At the end, we'll talk some about like other potential rivals within the Big 12 um, as it stands, if it's not this potential team. And then in the third, in the very last bit, we'll talk some about an update on baseball as they head into an important weekend in our last contests in the American Athletic Conference. But first, let's start with who this rivalry may be. Here's my guess. Here's my take. The Big 12 is forcing a UCF and Houston rivalry, and I'm kind of here for it. Now, let's break down how this happens first. The rivalry is being forced because, um, first of all, they're scheduling the game for the Thanksgiving Saturday, the Saturday after Black Friday, after Thanksgiving, that rivalry week in college football. Uh, you used to see big marquee. I think Ohio State Michigan is within that 48-hour window, right? Uh, you see big rivalry games all over the place, all over college football. And the Big 12 has stuck Houston and UCF in that window as well. They are both coming from the American Athletic Conference, so they are a little familiar with each other, but they weren't in the same division of that conference, and so they didn't play each other every single year. For what it's worth, UCF does lead the all-time football series seven to three. They only played each other ten times in football um, because they were in those two different conference and two different halves of the conference. For what it's worth, the men's basketball program, Houston, leads the series nineteen to ten and has won the last seven straight. The last one they lost in that contest was a five-point loss to uh, Taco Fall in Central Florida, uh, 2019, I believe, 2019. Um, All-time win percentage for Houston as a program is 54.7. All-time win percentage for UCF as a program is 56.1. So they're actually fairly comparable in their history 
as programs across college football. Now, you and I both know that U of H has had some dominant years and eras and some down dominant years and eras. And UCF has had more of the even keel with a couple of you know spikes in the last you know half decade or so. Um, but on the whole, if you're just looking at the programs from afar, the win percentages are fairly similar. Um, now, on men's basketball, which also can drive these rivalries some, it's not quite that comparable. Houston has a lot more of the Final Fours and Sweet Sixteens and Elite Eights and those kinds of things. Um, so it's not quite a basketball rivalry in that sense. Um, University of Central Florida does claim, uh, I, I chuckle because this is funny, a national title in 2017. They went 13-0 and 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 won a major bowl game. Um for what it's worth, they have neither program, Houston or Central Florida, again, being comparable, neither program has ever been the AP number one team in the country for a single week, let alone at the end of the season. But Central Florida has claimed that title because they went undefeated. Um, Houston, in response to that, has a Heisman winner, <laughs> right? Where's so, uh, a quarterback? Like, like it, I, I think that's comparable because that's not, not quite a national championship, but Houston does have a Heisman winner. Um, I think what's interesting here and what kind of grinds my gears a little bit in thinking about Central Florida and tell me in the comments down below if this bothers you as well. Both Houston and Orlando, where Central Florida is located, claim to be Space City. Now, we understand Houston because it is the space center hub for NASA. That's where training, research, flight control are all conducted from Houston. Um, Orlando, or the nearby Merritt Island, which is a few miles to the east on the coast right there. Orlando is actually a little bit inland. Um, or where they have the Kennedy Space Center, where and we have Johnson in Texas, right? named after L. Lyndon Baines Johnson, who was from Texas. Um, at the Kennedy Space Center, they do launch operations, right? They launch, and then they talk to them from Houston, and then they land out off the west coast of the United States in the water out there. So I, I, that's the arc of a space shuttle, typically. Um, I think it's interesting that that's... So Central Florida was founded in 1963, as Florida Technical University to support that space program, right? 63, Kennedy, the space race, et cetera, big deal, right? Um, NASA has that base in Merritt Island, and that's kind of caused them to feel like they are a space city. Houston, I mean, the Astros have a whole space city theme. The rockets are named the rockets as if a spaceship is there, right? Like those kinds of things. Orbit is the baseball mascot. The Astros have something to do with astrology. Like this feels like a Houston thing as well. Um, So I actually... Well, it kind of perturbs me that Central Florida claims Space City some. I kind of like that that could be a, you know, the battle for Space City could become the trophy or the battle for outer space or, or you know, whatever you want to do with that. If you got a clever name, tell me down below. We may shout it out in the next episode because I think that's a fun thing to do with this. Um, Houston moves to the Big 12 and away from rivals like SMU and the American Athletic Conference. Central Florida moves to the Big 12 and is moving away from their predominant rival in South Florida, Central Florida and South Florida play each other in their own rivalry game, kind of like Houston and SMU did. Um, is it forced? Kind of. I mean, truthfully, this feels in some ways like, hey, you two new kids just sit together and work together in the corner on your project and don't talk to anyone else. But it also feels somewhat sensible because the programs, as far as entire program win loss percentage or in terms of like, prominence right we just had houston won 11 and 2 a couple years ago right they got, they ter- in terms of like how high the highs can go feel similar um i i think it's a sensible rival and one that does make a lot of sense even if it is somewhat forced now houston i believe is going out there um 
this year. Uh, I wish we're going somewhere new for our, you know Thanksgiving weekend because the game a lot of fans will be able to travel to get days off of work and stuff like that. But um, for what it's worth, it is also nice to know we're going a little bit. Orlando is not the worst place to be in November. Um, so that there's that too. Um, if this were to become the rival, that is interestingly enough, a much shorter, you know, trip as the bird flies because you just go across the Gulf of Mexico as opposed to drive. I'm um, not the drive is horribly far either, but it it's a trip. Um, and I think that the big thing here, and we're going to get into the second segment in a moment is that central Florida is a very worthy rival, even if it's a new one in the, in the third and a and little bit of, oh, we have a little bit of short fourth one. We'll talk some about like if it's worth it given other circumstances in the big 12 conference, but I certainly think that there are some things about Central Florida that make it a worthwhile rival. And I, I'd like to talk more about that in a moment. But first, if we're talking about something that's worthwhile, we've got to talk about bird dogs. Now, bird dogs are our newest partners here. And I have to say that I have quickly become a very, very big fan of these in the last week of school or last weeks of school here. Um, I get teacher and coach. I am wearing these things on a day, the pants on a daily basis because they both look good and feel great. They look very professional. I can wear them to work. I can wear them to my classroom. I can wear them on dates. I can wear them to the gym. I can wear them lounge around the house. I can wear them while I sit here and record a podcast. No, I'm not going to stand up and show my pants, but I can tell you I have them on right now. And as we move into the summertime, it's a perfect time for shorts that fit great and look great as well. Uh, they wick off water. They're great for the gym. They're breathable, flexible, and all those good things. Go to birddogs.com and use birddogs.com slash locked on college today to grab yourself a pair. When you enter the promo code locked on college, they'll even throw in a free custom bird dogs Yeti style tumbler with every single order. Keeps your cold drinks cold for the summertime. Trust me, it's worth it. I'm a cold coffee guy. That's what I use for my coffee, I promise. But you should do the same. Go to birddogs.com slash locked on college. Use promo code locked on college to get that free custom bird dogs Yeti style tumbler with every order today. Bird dogs are crazy comfortable. Trust me. Thank me later. All right. So I said in this segment, I want to talk some about like what makes Central Florida a worthwhile rival. That's going to be really hard to say fast. And I know I talk fast. People tell me all the time I talk too fast. Um, but a worthwhile rival. Um, for one, I think, and this may be my perspective given what I do for a living with teaching and coaching and all that jazz, that there is a natural rivalry between Texas and Florida in terms of like high school football recruiting, right? Texas has Texas high school football, Friday night lights, the city of Houston, the DFW Metroplex, um, come with the biggest like hotbeds in America. Um, but you also have the small towns up and down central or West Texas, the panhandle, right? Like you've got Odessa Permian out there, like these major historical programs in the state of texas in florida you've got the crazy amount of uh pro football players per capita that you know the state of miami University of miami was able to build a dynasty on just recruiting their city alone right like they think of themselves as the same way you and i think of the state of texas or the city of houston specifically um i think that natural competition here between the two is going to be really really interesting because those high school rivalry, those high school like recruit ranking rivalries are already built in. We may think that Florida got like 
the nod one year on a couple recruits just getting extra stars because they're in Florida. They may feel the same way about Texans or what have you. Now those kids get to duke it out on the football field. That's a fun rivalry that like UT Austin, Texas A&M, unless they're playing an SEC East team, I guess technically they could play Florida themselves and that every so often kind of situation, right? But they're not in the same division of the SEC, so probably not very often, right? Um, Baylor, Tech, while they would play Central Florida, if they're not rivals, they're not in the same conversation either. Um, I think that's one interesting comparison here that makes Central Florida feel like a worthy rival to me, whereas, like, I don't know if Oklahoma State's got that. Right, like, like uh, that's no shade. Oklahoma State had years they had great football pro- year football teams, but generally speaking, that's because they're recruiting like the DFW Metroplex in Arkansas, right? I, check, check me if I'm wrong there, right? Oklahoma, Oklahoma State get their best players from the state of Texas, um, and so you know it's a little bit different to me. Um, I also think it's interesting that both schools um, have weirdly similar coaching histories here, right? I mean, Houston had Tom Herman. We we don't need to beat a dead horse there, but he was here. He built the program up really well, and then poof, gone, right? But Central Florida feels some kind of way about Scott Frost, too, right? He was there a couple years, had the success, um, built them up to that 13-0, Scott Frost and Central Florida, and then he bolted for Blue Blood Nebraska, much like Tom Herman bolted for Blue Blood Texas. And similarly enough, I guess Herman got three years and Frost got four, but they both got run out of those jobs in relatively the same time frame where they might have had long-term careers had they stayed in the first place. Houston and Scott Frost, for example, Florida, Central Florida, right? Like, hmm, what does it tell you about, like, jumping ship? And it's not just one guy either. Like, when I think of, wait, you know, Kevin Sumlin ran through Houston, right, and had some success, built it up a little bit, and then, poof, jumped to Texas A&M, blue blood type of program. They more recently had Josh Heupel, who left for greener pastures and found his way to Tennessee. Similar type of program in Texas and It's like good but not great history. It's like kind of a blue blood, but also not a great blue blood. Has like a couple of historic players and Peyton Manning and such. And a has a couple of historic players as well, right? Um, for what it's worth, like uh, Heupel at Tennessee had um, the kid that just had Hinden Hooker, right? Uh, A&M, Sumlin had Johnny Manziel. And it feels like, oh man, this is really working. But like, we saw what happened to Sumlin once Manziel left. You know, spoiler alert, I bet that happens to Tennessee once Hinton Hooker's gone. Right? So, like, feels similar enough, right? Um, also similar in the coaching world. We pull in Dana Holgerson, a well-traveled offensive mind, and people, again, I'm telling you, 330 programs in America would love to have Dana Holgerson running their football program, and more would even have him just calling the plays, right? Um Whatever you think about him, I'm, he is a coveted guy out there in those national circles. Trust me. Um, they went out and got Gus Malls on, who, while he might have been on the downside of things at Auburn, might have run his course there, there was a moment in time when Gus Malls on and the Cam Newton offense, and for whatever you want to say about Cam Newton as a college football player, he was the only guy that had any sort of a pro, had a second pro contract on that offense, right? And so, kind of the same different offense, but offensive mind in a lot of ways, right? And that's the guy that got right now so you know i think we're in a similar spot there as well as far as the coaching trees and coaching histories go now we can go all the way back and like houston invented the year what'd you do central florida like uh, like, yes i think we've got a more elongated history for sure um but in in the last decade i think that there's some similarities there in the way things have gone and i it's not lost on me 
that kind of puts the programs in the last decade, the next decade may be different, but the last decade in similar spots. Um, and it would be make for an interesting rivalry, right? Comparable programs. The Space City thing too. Um, so Space City, while it'd be a, a fun argument that like upsets me some as a history teacher and historian, um, I do think it's interesting that two programs that like crazy deep histories are certainly not the kind that like have prestigious uniforms that don't change. You could have like space city themed uniforms for home and away teams at this kind of an event. Um, not quite army Navy, although that's exhilarating and fun and a whole different kind of rivalry fun level, obviously, but like akin to how Oregon, wears a different uniform for Oregon state than they do for Cal or uh, every now and then you get throwbacks between um you know, USC and UC, I guess UC, USC wears the same kind of uniform every year, but um, you, you can see some of those throwback type uniforms, big Nike schools um, with two schools that don't have a whole lot of uniform legacy in history because they don't have the crazy, crazy death pay, not pulling back some uniform that's been the same since 1945 or something like that. Right. Um, the idea of like space themed uniforms between this and make this the battle of space city or the battle for space city or the battle for space itself um, could be a lot of fun. And, and I'd be interested to see what Nike can do with that. That is important to me, not just because I'm into the swag, or whatever, but it's important because high school kids are really into swag. And if you're trying to recruit kids, that's something you do that like Baylor can't. Right. Baylor has cool uniforms, but like, they have a special like offshoot space uniform they're going to wear with the rivalry game, right? Or, you know, Texas Tech certainly doesn't, right? Texas Tech has cool colors and all that, but like doesn't do the same thing, right? Um, interestingly enough, I think uh, the school's histories are also fairly similar in that weird, you know, Houston was founded in 1927 and USC, UCF was founded in 1963. They're two of the younger schools in the conference, Um UCF did just start their football program in 1979 and has played in uh, all four divisions of college football of NCAA football, I should say. And they're still, they at the time were the only one when they moved up to the FBS and are still just one of two with James Madison being the second school to play in division three, two FCS and FBS levels. Um, I think that's intriguing too, because that's the growth of that program. We know that Houston got stripped down to the bare bones in the late nineties and has rebuilt their own program too. And so in some weird ways, well, we have the history of Andre Ware and, and Claire and all those guys in the veer and all that. There's also some rebuilding of the program happening here in the last 30 years that I think is worth like comparing there um, between the growth of going from, you know, kind of independent, like, getting shut out of the big 12 to then the conference USA to then the American all the way up. Um, I think the growth there feels similar and tracks similar. Um, and then this like quest for growth could be an interesting rivalry aspect as well. Now I will say, I want to talk some of the third segment about like, there are probably better options to be fair. Um, but I just feel like this is the one that big 12 is forcing. So in the third segment, we're going to break some of those down. So let's jump on in and talk about those. Um, I think the most obvious rivalry here to me is Texas Tech. And I have a familial connections there as well. And so I don't like want to talk bad mouth love back or anything like that. Um, you probably will in the comments down below and that's your prerogative. Uh, I know nice people from Lubbock and I'll say that, right? Uh, <laughs> I'm not, I'm not going to Lubbock in time. So I didn't go to Lubbock. I, I, I know nice people from Lubbock. Um, but as far as the Texas schools go, once the Big 12 is moved past UT Austin, Texas Tech and Houston are the two public schools left. 
right? Uh, Baylor and TCU both private and operate in a very different world. Donors are different. Locales are different. Um, they're just different schools. They're, and also Baylor and TCU are both religious schools. Baylor's Baptist, T- uh, TCU is Texas Christian University. Texas Tech and Houston operate in a very different world. They're giant public universities. Both are you know, trying to get to 50,000 people undergrad, right? Like just different programs. They also, for what it's worth, operate different sides of the state. Um, there's a panhandle and a southeast coast kind of aspect there. Um, and then frankly, I know that Dana Holgerson will not be the coach forever and you may not want him to be around very long, but there's a Dana Holgerson connection with Texas Tech. I mean, Texas Tech and Mike Leach is where the Dana Holgerson offenses were initiated, right? That's where they were tested and proven. And now Houston is using Dana Holgerson to build his program back, right? Like, and frankly, some of the best passing seasons have all been under Dana Holgerson, right? Uh, whether as an offense coordinator the first time around or, or this time, uh, right? So I think that that's a natural connection point as well. I would also think that while Dana is here, West Virginia will feel a lot like a rivalry because they think of, well, first of all, Dana kind of ghosted them very quickly. Um, he had some success there for what it's worth, um, but kind of ghosted them pretty quickly to come to Houston and then quickly got into the Big 12 with Houston and now has to play them. There'll be some rivalry feeling, at least while Dana's here, with West Virginia. Um, does that carry over beyond him, right? Because I hope that just because it'd be quicker success that he's a long, successful career, Right but he will not be here forever. And so does the rivalry continue after him would be interesting. Um, I mentioned Baylor and TCU are both private schools. I guess them also being rivals. Baylor is the closest school in the conference to Houston. Um, and so just from a geographic standpoint, that'd be interesting to see. Um, again, I also could see Nike toying with both schools on uniforms. Baylor already has that with some of the greens and golds they wear where they've been good. They've had a bunch of uniforms. Um, Houston has color schemes and frankly, you could do some fun stuff with them as well. I love the black with white numbers we wore last year. Um, and you could do it with the charcoal gray. You could do a white. You could throw back. All those kinds of fun stuff, too, with Houston. Um, so Nike could help spur some of that. And then Houston TCU could, in a number of ways, replace Houston SMU as two Big 12 programs. Now, if you know anything about DFW Metroplex, TCU does not occupy the same kind of mental space in Dallas. It's not like a Dallas team, but it's a Metroplex team. Kind of revive that I-45 thing. And frankly, I know like that rivalry means a lot of different things to a lot of different people, but Houston versus Dallas in pro sports is as fun as it gets. Um, this is going to be a close competitive matchup to Houston versus Dallas in high-level college sports. Uh, that'll feel somewhat similarly. Also, for what it's worth, um, unlike you know the basketball programs at Houston and SMU are fairly different. I guess the last couple of years of football have kind of gone both ways. Um TCU kind of set the bar in the conference last year and has done this deal like Houston where they moved into the Big 12 and quickly became a key player in it. That's what the blueprint is for Houston, right? And so we talked about that once before, but that like that's what we want to be. Um, that would create an interesting rivalry as well. I also, and this is very, very quick, um, Central Florida probably also has better rivalry options in the Big 12, even if the Big 12 seems to be forcing Houston and UCF to be rivals. Uh, first, first of all, fellow new entry BYU, they're opposite ends of the conference. So like while they don't play each other every year, um, those are like the bookends geographically of what's going on here. You can also pull into some idea of like state of Florida versus the, you know, state of Utah. Um, the same, it would feel similar in some ways to like Miami and Notre Dame, but not quite as extreme and hopefully not as ugly at times. Um, but the same kind of cultural differences, right. Um, would be a cool back and forth as long as it stayed 
appropriate, right? Um, Central Florida could also see a rivalry with Cincinnati because in the last like four or five, eh, maybe in six years, I guess if you want to go back to the 2017 team, um, they both kind of were at the top of the American Athletic Conference, um, and they both tested each other along the way. That 2018 UCF team uh, beat Cincinnati as kind of their proving proving themselves game in the AAC. Cincinnati uh, in the middle of their run and then the second year of their run as well when they went to the college football playoff had big wins over Central Florida. So th- those wins kind of already exist. Now if the Big 12 were to add a Florida school like a Miami, hint, 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 Brent Yormark, um, I could see that becoming a bigger rivalry as well. I said to say that like, and I'll wrap the rivalry talk on this, Houston Central Florida makes sense as rivals in a number of ways, if you're going to have an out-of-state rival. I think that that makes sense, and I think that if you're trying to myth-make here or create one as the Big 12, I get it, and and, and it makes a lot of sense to me. But I think, personally, for like bragging at the water cooler or, frankly, making the trip or whatever, I might rather have an in-state rival. Now, I know it sometimes feels easier to get to Orlando than it does to Lubbock, but you feel me on that. I'd I'd probably rather have the in-state rival for a number of reasons. Um, I think the Texas Tech thing is very, very real, and I could see that happening very, very much. I will say, in this first year, playing UT Austin in the third ward at TDECU needs to look, sound, and feel like the most intense rivalry game you've ever been a part of because it's only you're going to crack at them in conference, and that's got to feel like it. So that's my last talk on the rivalry thing. Last but not least, quickly on the baseball program, they did win an elimination game on Thursday morning. It was like 8 o'clock first pitch or something like that because of uh, the rain delay from the day before. Houston was up for nothing, <laughs> gave up three runs in top of the ninth. It was the top, so Houston could have rebuttaled had the game gotten tied. But they were able to close it out. Justin Murray, again, did get beat up as far as the pitching aspect goes of that ninth inning, but did get the save technically. Um, and then, uh, you know, Four, four nothing lead earlier on a couple different hits. No crazy plays. I think they had one double and no, no big home or anything like that. But good, solid baseball. Houston, interestingly enough, in the second game that a Friday will play Memphis. And the loser, because it's double elimination, they both lost once already, is out. Um, so Houston versus Memphis to potentially get knocked out and end the baseball season early is very interesting. Houston won two of the three matchups with Memphis in Memphis earlier this season. So pay attention to that one. It's the second game of the day on uh, Friday. I don't give you exact first pitch time because it's just 47 minutes after the first game ends. So paying attention, the first game, I believe, is scheduled for noon. Am I reading that right? So you're looking at like a 3 o'clock-ish time, um, but it's all-ish, right? So be paying attention for that as well. Thank you all so much for being in Lock on Cougs today. We appreciate you sticking around and talking about rivalries Potential. It's just getting excited about the Big 12, right? What's going to be coming next in the Big 12. Um, if Make sure you subscribe to the YouTube channel and like and comment down below to get entered in that contest. Thank you again for making us your first listen. But if you're looking for a second listen of the day, I'm going to recommend, and this is a little bit out of left field, but I'm going to recommend Lock on Rockets because Jackson's done a great job this week breaking down what's going to happen in that fourth pick for the Houston Rockets. Um, you know, potential Houston Cougar looking at that fourth pick with Jarrett Walker, right? So what's going to happen? Uh, he's got a number of different guys from all different kinds of basketball, not just college basketball to look at. So make sure you go check out that show as well. Thank you all so much for tuning in today. Locked on Cougs is a primary Locked on Podcast Network. 
that means your team every day. 